Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, you are listening to the Haitian Free Thinkers Radio Show. My name is Reggie. Joining me tonight is James, and also Shelman will be joining me in a few minutes when I give him a call. Uh, we are back um, as paid members of Block Talk Radio. Um, Haitian Free Thinkers is one of the world's few groups for Haitians who are secular. Uh, I'm an atheist. James is an atheist. We're both Haitian, and uh, we started Haitian Free Thinkers. Well, we started the radio show to put out some information, but Haitian Freethinkers was started back in 2012 in order to um, share our views, our information, uh, our opinions, etc. cetera. Um, so if you are on social media, just search for uh, Haitian Freethinkers, and you will find us. Uh, tonight's going to be um, one, probably the very first show I've ever done where I have two people um, at the same time. We're not doing an interview per se. Uh, Shaman's been on, and James, of course, is the co-host. I'm going to use this uh, paid feature uh, that Block Talk has to call Shaman, and uh, we're going to get it started. So, uh, if you've never heard this show before, um, you are able to catch us live whenever we have a chance. Uh, right now, we've been doing shows in the evenings because we have well, we have kids. And, Hello. Uh, Shelman. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Can you hear me well? I can hear you great. Um, okay. So I'm doing, I'm doing the, uh, the introduction. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, hand it back to you in a second. So um, yes, yeah, so we've been doing this show, gosh, for a few years now. Um, been doing it late Friday nights because of scheduling. That's when it's best for us. Uh, I'm thinking about doing it Sunday mornings um, around 7 o'clock in the morning uh, before the kids wake up. Um, been been getting some really good guests, guests on. Uh, Sherman came on a couple of weeks ago. He's back tonight. Uh, and uh, have some more uh, guests lined up. I'm trying to get some some unusual guests for you guys. When I say unusual, some stuff that you probably never heard from other places. Uh, for example, there's this guy named Jay that I'm trying to get on. Um, he's a member of um, this church, um, the World Mission Society Church, as I remember correctly, and basically uh, they believe that God has a female aspect as well as a male aspect. Um, the male aspect is a Korean guy by the name of Ansung Gong, and uh, he came and he's like the Messiah, and he died. And now I, get, I think his wife 
is currently the female guide, and she's currently living in Korea. Um, so I'm trying to see if he can come on. Um, we're going to talk about some Hebrew Israelite stuff probably in the future, um, and so on and so forth. So um, while I continue to set up, guys, uh, I'll let James go first, and uh, let's talk about how your week went. Oh, it went well. Uh, like I was just telling you, I went. To, I took my son to go see uh, the Avengers Endgame. Uh, he loved it. I loved it. Uh, like I said, I want to go back and watch all of the Avengers movies and stuff like and Marvel movies just to and probably watch that one again when it comes out on DVD. Um, my week was it's been well, man. I've just been working, and that's about it, really. What about you, Shaman? I haven't seen the Avengers, so I'm hoping that there are no spoilers. <laughs> Everybody's oh, no, telling no, me that. No, I will not spoil it for you, my brother. Okay, okay. From 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 what I've heard, um, anything that you say about the movie is pretty much going to be a spoiler. But I'm looking forward no, to watching no, it. I, I I usually don't. I usually when a movie is you know has this much hype, I usually wait a couple of weeks because I want to be in a theater when it's kind of quiet. I don't want any kids. I don't want anybody you know yelling. Even during the most exciting um, action sequences, I want to hear every single piece of dialogue that is spoken. So I'm definitely going to go watch it. But my week was great. Um, I can't say I did anything exciting, but I've been working. And I have a couple of cases that I've been working on. And I've had some breakthrough. Just So, yeah, very, very exciting week. Um, actually excited for work. So that's, that's, that's crazy. But um, I'm happy to be here. And that's about it. All right. So um, the week has the week has gone by fast for me, uh, myself, and uh, I'm trying a new situation, a new setup here in the uh, world famous Haitian Free Thinkers Studio, um, where I'm simulcasting. Actually, I'm 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 live on in the Haitian Free Thinkers group. So hi guys, if you're watching, um, I'm also broadcasting live in the Haitian Free Thinkers uh, Instagram. So hello for you guys that are watching. Um, this show comes on, um, we have a guest calling number, I should say. The guest calling number is 657-383-1619. Um, once again, that's 657-383-1619. That's been our guest calling number for a long time now, so you can, we can uh, save that. Uh, if you are unable to catch this show live, uh, then you are able to catch us uh, on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. Um, yeah, just search for Haitian Free Thinkers Radio Show, and we'll, you'll, you can see the uh, the old show. So thank you guys for supporting us. Um, like I said, we're paid. Um, we're paid members again. What that means is that uh, for as long as we can, we'll have prime time scheduling, longer shows. Um, Thanks to the generosity of uh, members, we're able to do this. And so we're going to take advantage of it. We're going to bring guests on. And tonight's show, I titled it Why People Created God um, because uh, of, of, of something that I want to discuss, um, which is I noticed that people worship gods uh, and they think that God's created us, but in reality, I'm going to demonstrate that we are, in fact, the creators of God. Uh, Shaman's going to uh, chime in on that. Uh, hopefully, James 
uh, is going to chime in on that. We're going to also touch on some different topics. I want to um, go back to Dr. Sebi because my Colbert, um, who was on, I believe, last week, has been sending me some um, screenshots of what Dr. Sebi's website or one of his websites. Obviously, he passed away. Um, he sells uh, products at a very high cost. I didn't know that it was so expensive. So hopefully we'll get a chance to um, talk about that. Uh, so we're we're on tonight, and we'll try to keep the show within an hour. If, if any of you guys have to go, let, let me know. Uh, it's all good. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it again. But hopefully we'll have fun and keep it keep it going. So um, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let Sheldon go first. Um, we talked about um, the needs, uh, well, why people need God. Uh, in in your opinion or from your experience, why do people need God? Why, what, what is the purpose of God? I think the whole idea of God came as uh, a form of explanation, well, to explain things. God itself has, although people cannot explain what they, people cannot explain God when they speak of God, it gets to a point where the terms become nebulous. But the creation, the, the idea of God, became came about, I think, as a form of this. the idea. God, it was the idea for an explanatory power when people were experiencing natural phenomenon that they were unable to um, pinpoint the exact cause. They filled the gap with God. God created this. God created that. Um, lightning other mysteries that were unexplainable at the time, what that they couldn't explain at the time. They had to figure out a way and they chose God. Every culture has a different creation story. God is, is used to explain how we came about, why certain things happen, why, why the world is the way that it is. But all of those were because we didn't know any better. And at that point, it just seems it just seemed like it was easy to say some magical being did it. Okay. Um, James, what do you think about that question or that what he said? I, I, I agree with that. And um, that sounds very, like, I agree with that, like, totally. And... Um, you know, it's just like if something happened, you know, I think it, it probably even started off with like uh I think the sun was like is like the was like the oldest thing that they people worshiped or gave thanks to because they noticed uh, you know, you know, like how we have seasons and you know, once the once the winter time comes a lot of stuff dies, but then, you know, once it starts when the spring and then the summer a lot of flowers and things flourish, a lot of fruits and vegetables and everything like that. A lot of life comes, and then somebody just, just probably thought of the idea and was like, or somebody came to that person and asked them, hey, what's God, or like, how is everything going, or what do you worship, or what are you doing? Or I saw somebody thinking the sun, and then the person was like, what are you doing? He was like, I'm thanking the sun for giving this life, and the person was like, what do you mean? And then he probably said that same explanation, like, hey, look at the look at the wintertime, see how stuff dies and everything like that. But then 
you know, during the uh, spring and, and the summertime, look at all these beautiful flowers and look at how we have so many different animals and, and stuff like that. That's that's what I'm thinking. Just like, you know, it, it was just an answer for, you know, once some one person did it and explained it to somebody or convinced that person, and then that person convinced another person and they just spread like wildfire, then somebody else saw that and was like, well, I can manipulate that to not be the sun. I could just give that to like something out, you know, that's, that that's, can't be explained or something like that, you know? And they added their piece okay. to it as a story went along. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think those, those are all good answers. Um, my, for, you know, I agree with everything that you said. The, what I would add to that is that gods were created um, basically to answer specific questions, especially today. Like I had some Jehovah Witnesses come over, some Haitian Jehovah Witnesses come over, and they spent about an hour, and they asked me about two questions that I'm asked all the time, and, and it doesn't matter who the person is, what religion they, they're from. The first thing that they always ask me is, how did everything begin? Or most likely they ask it this way, how was everything created? So I think the yeah. question that they ask shows you the need for the gods. So gods are always spoken of as creators, creator beings, right? So they are responsible for creating. When the person asks me how did everything begin or who created everything, the home is begging the question. One of the most uh, frustrating things about talking to religious people is um, taking the time to basically break down their question, explain to them um, some, some fallacies such as begging the question, which they may or may not know about. By saying who created the universe or everything, they're begging the question. They assume that there's a who involved. Uh, instead of saying how was everything um, created. And I don't like the term created because I feel like it smuggles an expectation for creation. Um, yeah, it what carries if, baggage. Right, it mm-hmm. carries baggage. So what if what if the universe has always been there? Uh, we know about the Big Bang so far. Right now, we, we walked it back to the point of the singularity, uh, which was a very dense, inc- the, the smallest thing you can think of, and then an expansion happened. How it happened, why it happened, we don't know yet. I tried to explain that to them, and whenever I have a discussion with believers, me saying that I do not know is often seen um, as a point of weakness. Like, you know, whenever I say I'm an atheist, it's kind of like I have to explain to them from my perspective, my um, almost like a theology, like what I think happened in the beginning. And if I do not have an answer, it's kind of like, you know, why, you know, why not default to the religious um, um, answer, whatever it may be, and they see that as being as a, a better thing. So I think uh, religions, um, like Shulman said, serve as a filler, uh, the God of the gap, to answer how things were created. The problem is that in 2019, this show is being re- uh, recorded on May third, 2019, is that we've known so much about reality. We know that human beings, homo sapiens, come from Africa. We know about evolution. We know how a lot of answers that, you know, um, that they think that are still mysterious. We know about these things. 
So there's, to me, no need for a God. The second thing that uh, they always bring up is morality, and that's basically um, gods were created to control people. You know, they all talk about, you know, sinning and all that kind of stuff. So a god is a, is t- uh, like a like a super policeman. Uh, so I think the questions that the believer asks tells you uh, why why gods were in fact created. Yeah, but I think the gods were created to monitor people's sexual uh, behavior because every single religion their, their gods. Well, I'm not gonna uh, paint that, but the majority of the religion, the Western, um, the um, Abrahamic religion, God is, he's obsessed with sex, you know, he wants to make sure that, you know, you have sex a certain way, um, according to some, to some religion, and there are pretty much provisions on, on, on what, what you're not supposed to do, and he's always there watching, you know, God is the ultimate uh, lawyer, but yeah, I, I yeah. don't know why. God, God, God invented Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Reggie, um, like w- that point that you were making about, uh, you know, sometimes it seems like a point of weakness when you say you don't know. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't, I don't see that as a point of weakness because, because uh, so, sometimes I often I, I ask my son a, a certain question, right, and he'll say I know, and he'll he'll give me some that's totally wrong or whatever like that because he's still young, he's only six years old. But then I'll tell him, I was like, son, if you don't know, just say you don't know. That doesn't make you, uh, like, not smart or not, or dumb or anything like that because when you say you don't know, that is a start to be on the path of trying to figure out or trying to know what the answer is, you know? Right. I, I don't see it as a point of weakness. I think the religious person that I'm talking to. Yeah, they see it. As, as a point they they do yeah because from a religious it, it, mindset they already have the answer they, god is the answer exactly god is the yeah exactly but but it to 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 me that is their weakness that is a weakness right there because you don't know you're just putting just like how you said uh you're just throwing god as a filler you know a yeah. a, a, a filler with no substance in between it you know like with no substance like like it has no like no nutritional or 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 like value. You know what I'm saying? It's just like no explanatory what? power because God Himself yeah. needs needs to be explained. Yeah. Well, um, it is it is a filler for information, um, but I think uh, another reason why gods were invented is um, there's an emotional aspect to it, an emotional support. Oftentimes we hear about how um, being religious or believing in God X gives people hope. So hope is another reason why gods were invented. Because I tell you what, we, we, I don't know if you agree or know, uh, but a lot of the countries that have the worst poverty that where people are suffering tend to be the most well, religious countries in, in the world. And that makes okay. sense in that, you know, if your life sucks here, Maybe there's a happy place after you die because this world is definitely what we would call hell. So that's another major motivation for why well, God was created. Would you agree to that? Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, um, 
King Leopold when he was uh, when he conquered the Congo and everything, right? One of the first things he did was send in uh, missionaries into the Congo with uh, religion and everything, and he basically told the missionaries to teach the Africans in the Congo that you know it it, it was a good thing to be to, to suffer down here because you'll have your riches in heaven. You know, even though you're hungry and everything down here and everything like that, you know, you'll be you'll have all the riches in heaven. So it's good to suffer down here because when you suffer down here, you know, you'll just be even more richer when you get to heaven. Yeah. Now, well, I'm delayed. King, King, I'm King. No, go I'm ahead. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I'm assuming King King Leopold was a Catholic. Um, I don't I don't know exactly what religion it, it was. But I know he sent the missionaries in there, and, he, and that was one of the main things he told the missionaries to teach the Africans. Shaman? I was going to say um, delayed gratification or uh, delayed. It, it's, it's pretty much the basis of religious um, doctrine. Suffer now and wait for your reward later. If you think about it from a controlling standpoint it makes people that would otherwise not be docile become docile you know you suffer because the bible tells you that those who believe in god will be persecuted and the more you are the closer you are to god the more you will be persecuted the more the devil will what the devil will tempt you or attack you because he knows that you are chosen you have god's mark upon you so your trials and tribulations yeah. are just, they are, they're, you have to wear it as a badge of honor. The more you suffer, the poorer you are, the harder life is for you. The, it's, it's almost as if the, you know, the better your reward is going to be. You know, you are a child of God. So in that way, exactly. it forces you to be, you know, to live a mediocre life, to not necessarily push for what you, you can achieve. Because you have, you also have the mindset that if you don't achieve certain things, it's God's will. It's God telling you, you know, just hold off. This is not for you. If I, I didn't get that job, because it probably wasn't for me. Because if I got that job, I would stray away from God. So I'm just gonna stay here in poverty. Let them cut off the light. God's gonna find a way. And that mm-hmm. is, that's that's not that's not a good place to be. Now, have you suffering. ever heard? Have you? Have you ever heard the phrase God's favorite? Yes. We uh, use that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's and you know like and a, and a lot of times it be older women in church, they can't pay the bills or something like that. It's tragic and, and then you'd be like, "Well, won't won't you do this? Won't you do that?" And they were like, "God will make a way." That's like the mm-hmm. that's the phrase that they fall back on. God will make a way. If it's God will or something like that. Okay, so so Shaman um, talked about how it might cause people to be uh, docile, and 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 in um, Islam, it's a big thing to be patient. You know, that Allah teaches people patience, this patience, that they have this what I call the akuna matata attitude, where it's God's will, so therefore, um, whatever. You know, so like um, I've been to the Middle East, Valerie's been to the Middle East, that akuna matata tendency is pervasive, they take things kind of slow, it's God's will, then let it be type of thing. 
But some of us, or sometimes you have to be urgent, you have to um, be proactive. And I can't think of any better example than the Haitian Revolution. Um, if people, if the, if, the, if the Haitians waited on Jesus or the loi or whatever spiritual thing to free us, then we may not have gotten free because um, there's no God. So what about, what about when there's an urgent need to actually be proactive? Like, I know people use religion to, to do those things too, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you think about Haitian history, religion was used as a, a means to prepare for the uprising. Where they met up on the yeah, hills, uh, they had, they had the, um, uh-huh. there was a huge voodoo uh, ceremony, and a lot of people attribute that to, that's why that comment, I don't know if he actually got that comment from, from I'm not even going to go there, because it was, it was a stupid comment. I was going to go back to Pat um, Roberts' comment, but I don't think he was, I'm not going to give him such credit. Um, to say that he he know anything about Haitian history, but um, there was a gathering and people needed a place to gather. They gathered in the woods. They had their little ceremony and they went out and they kicked ass. The same thing with the abolitionists. We couldn't congregate in any open places, so we had to sneak around and go to church and prepare. People to get ready to um, to be uh, taken to safety using the underground railroad. All of the all mm-hmm. of the meetings, all of the planning, those things were done in church. And some people attribute their escape from slavery as uh, God's providence on their life. You know, God giving them safety or whatnot. But we all know that the slave owners were using the Bible to to justify slavery. So religion could be used for everything, anything that you wish. And uh, I, I just seen, the, uh, it was like a, a, a video uh, with, uh, I forgot where, I, I saw it on YouTube, but then I saw it on Facebook. I think I posted it, as a matter of fact, I, I posted it on my Facebook page and they were talking about the slave Bible, how the slave masters basically edited the Bible and took out a bunch of books that were in it uh, that would cause people to uprise and go against the uh, slave masters. And they kept the the, uh, the scriptures and the books in it that kept the people, uh, like, basically telling them, hey, uh, obey your masters down here, uh, love your masters as you love God. And basically keeping them docile, you know what I'm saying? So where this, yeah, this Bible that existed that were for uh, slaves that were, um, which which slaves? Because at that time, you know, most slaves were illiterate. So if the yeah, master is allowed. It, it, it didn't say exactly uh, what time okay. period, but it, it right. um uh, if you go to my Facebook page uh, and go through my posts and everything like that, you will see it. Uh, okay. I post it again. Matter of fact, I post it in the Haitian uh, Free Thinkers group, so you can check it out. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I did see the post and I did see the video about it. James uh, uh, is right. I don't know the time period or whatever, but I think eventually, you know, some slaves obviously start to read, and the story goes that 
um, whoever put this document together edited it so that you know it would take not have anything uh, to motivate the slaves uh, to becoming free. And now it might, I think it's either in the Library of Congress or it might end up in the uh, the National History Museum of African Americans in Washington, D.C. Either way, to me, it's not a big deal. I know they're making a big thing about it, but I learned that uh, Thomas Jefferson, I believe, made his own Bible where he took all the supernatural stuff that supposedly happened um, in the in the New Testament with Jesus. Um, so um, I think I think the dogs have something to say too. Uh, but edited Bibles are, are nothing new. You know, um, the the Catholics have their own Bible. The Protestants have their own Bible. The Jehovah's Witnesses have their own Bible. The 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 Jewish Bible is different uh, than the than the Christian Bibles. Um, Eastern Orthodox has I think 81 books in their Bibles. Uh, so it's just uh, just another version of uh, what they call the good book. Um, I wanted to um, ask um, a question to you guys to see if it is unreasonable to ask um, believers this question. And the question is, how difficult is it to create a God? Is that is that a, a tricky question? Is that an unfair question to ask a believer? I'll let you go first, uh, you want me to go first? No, it's, I think it's very easy to uh, create a God. I remember uh, going to church, and even the church I go to, members used to say, too, that, uh, and I remember, I, I actually remember the, uh, the preacher that I had, he had a sermon, and he was talking about, you know, if you going to work on a Sunday and doing all this other stuff like that, then you're basically making money your God. And it's funny that I remember that because there's a... Uh, I don't know if you guys heard of the show, uh, what is it called, uh, American Gods, and one yeah. of the new gods in the new season is money. So it's yeah. very easy. Yeah, so, yeah, the money is is, 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 a, is a god in that show, and that's in the new season. So a- anything that you, that you do more than, I guess, that's outside of what religious people or the church like you could make yourself a god if you wanted to, and try and make your heaven on earth if you just, you know, do everything just for yourself and make sure that you and whatever that you like is is going on in your day to day. You know, instead of going to church or instead of going to work or whatever it is, you just stay at home play video games, and that could that video game could be your god because you're giving it all your attention basically. And all of your money and stuff like that. I was going to say, um, when you think about the believers, if you ask them that question, it's a tricky question because the way they process information relating to God, whenever they hear that word, it carries carries a certain meaning, a a certain – it carries a certain um, emotion for them that they're not going to process that the question the same way that a non-believing mind is going to process it. And I'm saying this because I used to be a believer. When you're a believer, the the, the very fact that you're talking to a non-believer causes your mind, and their mind is already compartmentalized a certain way. It causes your mind to shift a certain way so that you treat this person who you have to look at them 
even though you might be um, nice to them, you might be amicable, you have to look at them as if they are the enemy. They've already moved to the other side. And now they're asking you, do you think or how easy it is to create a God? They're not processing it the same way. Right. So so they're 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 seeing us as hostile in, in, in a way and maybe we're we're a type of a threat in a low key way, basically. Of course, because as an atheist, your only goal is to to steer them away from God. That's how they view you. You are the enemy. There are books, not necessarily books, I'm sorry. But most people, I know when I went to church, they would tell me if a person tells you to read a book that's going to tell you about another God, that person is not your friend. You need to leave them alone. Do not talk to them. If a person is telling you to not read the Bible or to not go to church, like if a person is telling you to do certain things or introduce you to doctrines that is not part of what is, is being taught in your church, you need to set that person aside because they're going to lead you to the path of the devil and your soul is going to be damned. So that's I think that's the, I think how that's, easy it is to create a God. It's, it's, they're not going to understand that. I, I think I think that's a great point. And I can understand if a person tells me that it's a loaded question. And um, it's, it's it, you know, a lot of times when I ask questions, it's a teaching point that I'm trying to uh, get through. And I don't mind showing my cards on the table. You know, even when I was a believer, we had to acknowledge, I had to acknowledge that other people worship other gods. Um, whether they were idols or whether they were non-material, like the popular gods such as Yahweh and Allah, even though they're the same, but that's neither here nor there. So um, today, as a non-believer, I understand fully that gods can be created. And to, as an example, I'd like to point you guys to the Game of Thrones um, series. I don't know if both of you watch it, but for those who don't watch it, I encourage you to watch it because this, this will make more sense if you do watch it. So in the Game of Thrones series, um, religion plays a key role. Um, in that um, series, in, in the book, obviously, there's a series of religions. Uh, they include the old gods, the new gods, the faith of the seven, uh, the drowned gods, um, the many faith gods, and uh, the Lord of Light, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the author of the book is George R. R. Martin, right? And then, of course, it became a popular series on HBO. I bring that up to say that series is awesome, and a lot of people like it, and they're learning about these religions through uh, the series. If you read the book, uh, the book was, was made by George R. R. Martin, who used real-life religions to fashion his fictitious religions. Um, and, and if he the author can make these gods. The only difference is that um, whether people take those gods seriously. But it just goes to show you that humans, in this case George Martin, can create a god. Now, the only thing that's missing is people actually taking it seriously and worshiping it. And I'd like to tell the believers that a non-material god, such as Allah and Yahweh, are the easiest gods to create, actually, because all you need is an imagination. If you take a physical god, such as a statue, and a non-physical god, and you ask them to do the same thing, you will get the same result. Is, is that a fair thing to 
bring us to a believer, or am I still being a threat? You, you, it, it's, it's it, it is fair. <laughs> it sounds fair to me, but they, again, they're always going to take it as a threat because that question goes in direct opposition of whatever God is that they worship. Because again, this person reigns supreme, or this this God reigns supreme. Everything that they have, every experience that they have, their whole being is shaped by their experience with this God. So anything that you bring outside of that God is is a challenge. I understand your um, your approach, but to them, you are a threat. The moment you're bringing something that is different from their God, anything foreign, it's a threat. But that question is well-founded. Um, I, I wanted to say something about the, uh, the, the Game of Thrones things that you mentioned, because I love that. I love the, the series, but I started off, I read the books. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin, the, the, the interesting thing about all of the religions is that in the end, they are all worshiping the same God. And wait, wait. That so was you got to say spoiler. You have to say spoiler before you give give this information. But go ahead. No, no, no. If you even if you're watching the show, if you if you if you watch the show, you will see how people actually they they mention it in the show. They mention it in the show how that the seven faith God, uh, the drown the drown God, um, that that they they worship in the um the Iron Islands is pretty much right. The, the God of the faceless men that they, they, they worship in Essos. But I, I say that to say that um, it was that idea, that concept that there are different religions who worship different gods, but they came from the same tree. It was thinking like that that got me to branch out, no pun intended, and escape religion. Because I was thinking that how could there be this loving God and everybody's misinterpreting the, the, the message. And there are so many different religions. It has to be that there is this one common, there's one truth. And the truth is that there is one God, but people through misinterpreting his message formed different religions and went astray. So I went with the idea that every single religion would lead back to this one God. And when I started looking into other religious beliefs, I was like, Nah, it doesn't make sense. What about you, James? I, I would say I, I would say that that's kind of true because because like uh like say like uh, Catholicism, any even like Jewish and all them, it, like they. It, it like you said, it all goes back to like one main story, and everybody just took the story and put their own remix to it, to to uh, basically uh, like put, to make, I guess put their own spin on it just to uh, make it. Uh, what are the words I'm trying to say? Uh, to personalize it. Yeah, personalize it uh, to, to actually you know make. To, to subjugate their people or to get their people to do what they wanted to do. Like, say, you know, just like uh, you have the, uh, like, what was the the Egyptian one? The, uh, I think it was Hor. What, what was yeah, it? Horace Rock. The lady. Yeah, and all that right there. But then, you know, and, and you know, in Egypt, that was like the first universities people from all around the world would send their, their kids or, or whatever to Egypt to learn and to learn the mystics. 
So when those people came back to their country, instead of saying that, oh, this God was black or anything like that, they would just say, no, this, this God was the same color as you are, basically, you know? Uh-huh. Well, um, I, I know what you're talking about. I, supposedly the, the Greeks went to Egypt to learn some, some um, uh, mystery school stuff, and we know the, the Egyptians had a, a profound influence on the Near East religions all the way into the modern-day versions, uh, including uh, Islam, um, Judaism, and Christianity. So uh, 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 those, those things are, I, I take it for granted, but some people may not know. And I think that's one of the uh, sad things when talking to religious people And that for me, I've learned so much that in in a given um, uh, five to ten minute conversation or a a conversation that lasts even an hour, it is very difficult for me to pack so much information into um, so few, so so short of a time. And and a lot of times, you know, the person thinks I'm giving them my my personal opinion, but it's it's from a place of of research and of knowledge, but... um, that's that. So, um, given that people created God, then, um, or or if the believers don't believe that uh, gods were created, the next frame of mind for me that I think about is what use are the gods? So, let's say even if the gods created us, um, um, if the God is all powerful, it's all benevolent, and it knows everything. Like, why is the person? Why is the believer who's sincere now? Why are they like when they're suffering? Right when they're suffering, how do they square that circle? Because I mean, I tell the person if if if, if a person is in need and they tell me that they're in need or they have an issue or whatever, um, if, if I'm able to, if I'm if I've got powers, I would help them out, no problem. I don't need no praise. Uh, a thank you would be nice, but it's not necessary. So how how can a person stay a believer if they don't believe gods are created? And be in a terrible situation? How do they square it? I mean, I know they ask for help. How do they, how do they stay believers? Uh, well, you know, I was going to say the God delusion and that the religion itself is a virus. Religious, I won't say it's a virus. It is a parasite. It attaches to your, your mind and it just starts tweaking little things. People will say, if I, when I'm in need, when I'm hurting and I pray to God and God doesn't, my, doesn't answer my, my, my prayers, it's because if every time I needed something, God answered my questions or my prayers, I wouldn't do anything for myself. I constantly just go to, go to God. So God is teaching me to be patient. God is teaching me to do this and to do that. Or when I pray to God and God doesn't answer my question, it's because I did something and I may not know what I did wrong but maybe I'm being punished or maybe it's not my time. There's always a way to rationalize it. Anything, anything. But these people will not tell you that when something bad happens, they will not credit it to God. That's why, you know, you have to have the devil. So it's just religion will find a way to make you rationalize things away so so that God is always needed in your life if you're a believer. Go ahead, James. I agree with that, and I would like to add on top of that, uh, there's a saying, you know, uh, give me a child to the age of seven, and I'll give you back a, 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 an adult. So, you know, uh, 
once you get a child and that's all they know, that's all they know, it's so hard. Once they get older, it's so hard to, like, go against yourself. You know, it's like your mind, like you said, your mind is going to always come up with a rational way because another thing, and that's, that's, just, that's just human with people, people do not like to feel like they're wrong or they've been fooled or they've been tricked into something. I was thinking you about know? that the other day. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. No, no one wants to go and say, oh, man, I've been tricked all my life into thinking this and all that. I thought I was a smart enough person. I thought I, all these thoughts I was thinking of my, myself. I didn't okay. know, okay. you know, that, oh, somebody actually influenced me to think this way. I, I've been thinking about friend. that. Nobody wants to think. This yeah, is something that you think or, Yeah, nobody wants church. to say, oh, I've been programmed. Yeah. But this happens in church, right, of, you know, being being taken advantage of. Not only people are being taken advantage of by, you know, going and putting money in the collection plate, but, and I'm speaking from experience, uh, not that they took my money, but when, especially in the Haitian community, people have this tendency to bring others from other churches or people that they know, you know, a cousin of the pastor or somebody that has this great idea and they got this idea from God and they you know, put them up on the pedestal, they put them up on the um, altar, and they're speaking in a position of authority now to all the congregation because they have this big idea. And then the people who are, you know, they're scientific, uh, they are, what do you call it? They're scientifically illiterate. They are uh, economically illiterate. They just give these people their money thinking that there's going to be an outcome because why would this person lie to them? They're in, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're a child of God. They're just like me. They're Christian. And then this person runs away with the money, but they will not come back and tell anyone else. Everybody in the church knows that, you know, they've been uh, taken advantage of, but they're not going to tell their family members unless you were there and you were taken advantage of, too, because it's embarrassing. But that happens in the church all the time, and that's continuing to happen. That, that's very well true. There's, a, there's an actual term for that. There's a psychological term that I, I learned, um, and I can't recall the term, but it's kind of like when you're investing in like a bad investment and you keep um, dumping money into this bad investment thinking that there's going to be like a turnaround point. I, I've heard it yeah. um, mentioned in that, in that, um, that way. Um, but um, you guys brought up a, a good point, and um, I wanna I wanted to share some 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 things that happened with me uh, that capture what your guys are saying. So when um, when nine eleven happened, I, I got my hand on a book called The Biggest Secret by this guy named David Ike. Um, if you guys know David Ike, David Ike has said some very um, crazy things to include that. I think he said that he was a Christ. Um, but uh, he's famous for uh, claiming that some aliens, um, like lizard-like people, are controlling the powers that be, um, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I wasn't an atheist back then, but I read that. I started reading The, the Biggest Secret, and I started to believe it. And I remember um, being afraid of seeing the secret logos that he said um, um, were, were, were being broadcast secretly to show that these people are, are all in this big, giant family of controlling things. So um, uh, I don't think I was stupid back then. I just was influenced by this book. Um, and I remember I was so into it. I was uh, caught up into it. And I brought it to uh, 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 another guy who I thought was um, 
rational and sensible, and I wanted him to to be exposed to this secret information which I stumbled upon. He he got the book, he flipped through it, and he laughed, and he gave me the book. And I remember feeling so hurt, like 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 what? Why is it that you don't even entertain this? You know, he's like it's BS basically, and that really hurt my feelings. But uh, I was like uh, 2021, 20, so that was one thing. Uh, when the secret came out, this young woman gave me uh, the book, The Secret, as a guest. And then it caught fire. It became popular. And it's like, wow, you know, there must be something to this thing because, um, you know, like I heard from my coworker and then this young woman gave me this book and I saw the, 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 the movie, if you will, the documentary or whatever. And so I thought maybe there was something to it. So um, I decided to cash this, this, this old check that I found and, and it, it was a bad thing. You know, there's some scams that if you cash a check um, into your account, uh, somebody can withdraw money from you. So, but at the time, I wanted to believe that this, there was something to the secret. Uh, so that shows you that anybody can get caught up um, in, in, in room, as we call it, in the, in the secular community. And, you know, and if something, if you get burnt, you know, like you said, sometimes it's embarrassing to say, you know, I got caught up in this game. Um, and um, I'm a victim. So that's very understandable why people keep it to themselves. Well, I was uh, a victim of the secret. Remember, Reg, remember when I told you how, like, um, one of the ways I I, I became an atheist is that, you know, after, like, my mom died and, and a lot of other stuff that was going on, and I was praying one time, and... And all of it, it was a feeling of just like embarrassment, and I just felt like I had, I just felt stupid. You know what I'm saying? It was like, dang, everything I, I I've been praying for and everything like that, it, it didn't happen. And look at me, still on my knees, you know, on by this bed, still praying to this guy that's that's not, you know, that didn't answer not one prayer. You know what I'm saying? It was just this feeling of like stupidity. You know, like it was embarrassing. You know, and, and when I was down on my knees by this bed, and that that was one of the main things that that just got that woke me up and was like, man, what the what the hell are you on your knees for? What are you doing on your knees praying to something that obviously to this thing that obviously doesn't answer prayers? You know what I'm saying? I have a question for you because at that moment it seemed like you were already. I'm not sure how far along on your journey you were, but it sounds like you were already on your way out. There were doubts. But did you ever, as yeah, a believer, yeah. feel that, you know, you would pray to God and he would answer your prayers? To be honest were there, with was, you, I, was there I was ever back time? in the days, like, I, yes, I'm not even going to lie. I used to pray and I would be like, man... This don't, this don't even feel real. Like, I would have that thought in my back of my head, but I'd be like, I'm going to do it anyway just in case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know yeah. it was like, let me, I'm going to pray just in case, man. Like, man, I, it's nothing physically that I can do to help this situation or to help my situation. But, man, let me, let me do this prayer, man, and maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll happen. And it would never happen. And as a matter of fact, whatever I pray for, the opposite would happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, the only reason I ask that is because earlier we were talking about creating gods. And I think most Christians, although they believe in this concept, the same concept, 
they all have created a God in their own mind. Because if you ask somebody to define God, they're going to define God differently. But the difference that you find, it might be very minute, but their God is going to be a personal God. And then that personal, the fact that they're, at, that they're adding that uh, personal to it is going to be different than anyone else's God. I remember when I was a believer, I was at the point where anything I prayed for, I felt that I would get it. And I was that cocky to the point where <laughs> I would pray, I would pray, right, before, before I go and, and, and try to hit on a girl or something. I pray to God, <laughs> That's right. knowing, That's right. right? Yeah, here's the thing. You That's know right. that what you what your, the end goal is wrong, but you're like, you know, that is my dog. You know, I'm just, I'm going to hit him up, and, um, you know, he's going he go to help me out. And I will pray. That's how stupid it was. But I felt like anything that I prayed God for, he would give me, and I was that cocky. But it just, I, it was I, just I, like Because I was doing all the work. I was just, I was going to say that I've had basically the same experience for the same things because that's why, like you said, God is, we we create the God. You know, my God was my personal God because it understood me. Um, It was, um, it, it was, it was, it was my creation. And I think that that is why um, when I actually read the Bible, there was such a conflict. Um, between what the basic infrastructure of what the God was supposed to be uh, versus what I read. What I read was evil, um, sadistic, um, just crazy, um, just just bad. But I had my own personal God. So so my, my God was kind of con- um, contradicting Yahweh because that God was frozen in literature. And so what happens is, the guy that's frozen in literature still gets um, uh, switched up by the believer by the concept of interpretation. So even though it says in the book that Yahweh is into slavery, people be like, well, not really. It meant indentured servant. The word slavery is literally in the book. And people will still tell you that it does not say what it really says. Um, and that's just again uh, just another way that that gods can be created because the cognitive dissonance, the games that have to be played, the lack of evidence combined with the ignorance of the person is the basic formula to create a god. Um, I want to take this time now to remind everybody that you're listening to the Haitian Thinkers Radio Show. My name is Reggie tonight. Uh, I have James and Shelman with me. We're coming up on the hour mark. Uh, guys, thank you for staying on strong with me. If you're unable to catch this show live, right now I'm broadcasting in the Haitian Free Thinkers group along with the Haitian Free Thinkers Instagram. You can catch this show on, on iTunes, um, uh, Spreaker, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. I don't want to hold the guys too long. Um, but tonight we're talking about why people created God. Also, um, this is the 113th show, so you have a lot of catching up to do if you've never heard of this uh, program. Haitian Free Thinkers is, is one of the world's few groups for Haitians who do not believe in God, and tonight we're talking about why people created God. Um, I wanted to touch on tonight just a little bit, and we'll probably continue next time on on Dr. Sebi. Um, I, I think Shaman did a little bit of a lookup on Dr. Sebi 
Um, Tiffy Deschamps, can you share a little bit of what you um, what you learned? That guy was a quack. That's all I gotta say. And I'm not gonna call him doctor, or whatever. Um, I'll say he was born Alfredo Bowman, so I'll call him Mr. Bowman because he was not a doctor. And I've always felt angry when I heard the way that he treats black people. And I say black people because he's not peddling his stuff to white folks. He's not peddling his stuff. Not not to say that white people do not buy his product, but they are not his. Uh, they're not his targeted demographic. He is targeting scientifically illiterate black folks. And there are a lot of people that are plaguing the black community. You know, they they put this. Um, they put this characteristic or, or this character out saying that, you know, they are pro-black, uh, stay strong, yeah, you know, well, don't trust the white man type thing. And all they want is your money. And there's Dr. This Mr. Bowman, Dr. Whatever he wanted to call himself. He wasn't, the, he is not the only person that did this. There are other people that are actually carrying on the torch now that he's gone. Um, there's this guy called uh, Brother Polite, the people that are in the school of Brother Polite, uh, oh my God! Da, da. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole there's a, there's a bunch of characters out there. When you start looking in the um, the oh, whole yeah. community, a lot of the people in the whole tech community, oh, yeah. they 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 um subscribe to these beliefs too, which is all pseudoscience, just quackery, pure quackery. It, it, exactly, and you know what too? Like out of all the Doctor Sebi videos, because I because I, I was wondering, like they they said he won his case in the federal court and everything like that. How come I, I've never seen not one person that he cured come and say, this is my test results before Dr. Savy and this is my test result after. And matter of fact, here's a more up-to-date test result. I've never seen that one person come forward or a video. I go back know? to what and Reggie think- mentioned. When people are taken advantage of and they realize that they've been duped, they don't want to. They don't want to bring it out and say, "Hey, I've been a fool." They want to. They want to stay silent, yeah. and that's how these guys are able to to continue with their with this scam. And that's all it is—a scam. But there was a there was a um there was a trial in Brooklyn, New York, because that's where he was practicing law. Not law. That's where he was practicing medicine at the time. He told he was telling people that he had a cure for AIDS, and he was you know cure he could cure other illnesses, and the federal government decided to bring him up on charges for uh, practicing without a license. I think he was practicing um, medicine without a license. And, um, yeah, they went to court. And they did win the trial. But what was on trial was not his curative powers. It was it was pretty much, if you, you have to understand law, because when you get in the court of law, there's a lot of, it, it's, a, it's a whole different, a world of terminology and, and, and procedures that you have to understand. So they won the they won their their the trial, but he was never on trial for for uh, producing a cure. He was on trial because he was practicing medicine without a license and prescribing medical things without a license. But his lawyers argued that what he was offering to people did not have any curative powers. The people claim that they have pure, uh, curative, curative
curative powers. So the people said what Dr. Sebi, I'm saying Dr. Sebi at the time, the people were saying what this guy gave me cured my illnesses. And since they, they felt that they were cured, then he just echoed what they said. So they just told him, okay, you cannot practice medicine. You cannot say that your items cure any diseases. So what they said was that the items that they're giving people, the pills or potions, whatever, change cells. They change cells, um, cell, uh, what do you call it? They, they change cell structure. Um, and that's why the whole camp of um, Bowman, Dr. Sebi, are tell, they're telling people that they do not cure illness, but they change your cells. Because they don't, they don't they, they, he does not believe that in germ theory, he does not believe that germs exist. He believes that when you get sick, it's really a dis-ease. Your body is not in alignment, so you get sick from within. So that's why you have he that diet, that alkaline diet. No, he does not. He does not believe in germ theory. And anybody who tells you that they don't believe in that, you have to look at them. You know, like You have to say that this person is crazy, but he does not believe in germ theory. He believes that if you get sick, it's because there's something that is not in alignment with your body and it is manifesting uh, it's manifesting itself somehow. And he gave this example in, one of, uh, in, a, in a video where he said, if you take a fat man and you, you lie the fat man on a, on, a, on a bed for an extended period of time and you don't move him, and when you finally roll him over on his back, you're going to find, you know, like sores, pus, or whatnot, and you know, d- decaying flesh, those kind of things. And that's a sign saying that nothing got underneath it. Everything that got sick or got bad came from within. So people who don't understand things will say that Sebi went to court and he won. And eventually, you know, they told him not to practice. They pretty much made him become an exile out of the U.S. because he was going to be a threat to the pharmaceutical the pharmaceutical powers, but the man practiced his quackery for 30-something years, unchallenged, and then died. Like, come on, man. And Everything's it, a conspiracy it, theory. Like, isn't it like, like, wasn't it like before he actually came out and everything, wasn't he in like a, a, a nut house or like a crazy house before he actually, I guess he said he cured himself or whatever like that? And... and yeah, he was actually in a, a crazy house or something like that for a little while. I did not hear about that. I, I did not I didn't, uh, encounter anything about him being in a nut house, but I, yeah, I, I did. I, like he, I like, came across uh, that he he had some illnesses himself. He had asthma. Yeah, he I, was impotent. He suffered from mental illness. When okay. He, I, I seen a video where he suffered from mental illness like uh-huh. years ago before he actually became Dr. Sabi, you know? Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, you know, if he was, bi- if he is, was bipolar or if he had some kind of, you know, mental, and and anyone who's listening out there, if I'm saying this, uh, if, if, if I say mental disorder and that's, that's, I'm misclassifying what I'm trying to say that he had, you know, I apologize, but, I think that he may have had some kind of mental disorder, um, one of those personalities. Well, um, well let, let me, guys, um, give you some 
citations, I guess. Um, I'm on mm-hmm. his, well, what is reportedly his website. I don't know who actually runs this website. There's this website called DR for Dr. SebiSoulFood.com. Sebi and um, I want to give credit to McCober who brought this to my attention. There's this one package. It's called the All-Inclusive Package. And it has, like, uh, looks like 10 to 15 items. The cost for this package is $1,500 U.S. Oh. And at the bottom, it says clearly, quote, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And I think this goes with what Shaman was saying uh, earlier in that um, by the the setting of the lawsuit or whatever happened in New York, um, he could not he could not um, sell his goods or whatever you want to call it without having that statement. Um, but yet and still, um, you know, his stuff is, is on the website. There's this smaller package called the Advanced Package for $750. And all this was um, a surprise to me because I thought that uh, Dr. Sebi was supposed to be selling like a low-cost version of um, goods and services to undercut the the big big farmer. But that's um, when he got arrested for that money laundering. The man, I mean, okay, so he has an idea, and he has a group of people that are willing to buy into that idea. However, he can't sell that idea in the United States the way that he wanted to, or the way that he was doing it. So what he does is he moves his stuff out to uh, I don't remember the location. Um. He moved this stuff overseas, Honduras. There you go. In a place where the long arm of the law from the United States cannot reach him. So he goes over there, but it's not as if he is peddling his wares to Hondurans. His main focus are people who are in the United States because they are the ones with the economic powers to buy his things. He allows them to fly over there. He charges them between 500 to to $1,000 for a consultation. They pay that like fee. Like Yeah. Oh, those people, they weren't, they weren't charged 500 to to 1000 They were charged more. And the moment that Lisa left, I went over there, then he used her as more publicity. Like, hey, I cured her. So people were like, oh, really? Okay, let me go give you my money too. But anyway, so he goes over there, but he's still – advertising to the people in the states because we're the ones that could pay that kind of money we're you no know, earning potential or whatnot earning power so you pay five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars and once they get you there that's where you know you're hooked and then you have they get you on this monthly plan where you have to buy this kind of elixir this kind of powder every month month i mean this guy would make money just crazy money Hmm. Not curing anything. Well, uh, and, and and this is the kind of stuff, guys, that we're trying to uh, uh, help out uh, the community avoid. Um, I know I didn't buy any Dr. Sebi's products, but um, when I was younger, I tried this thing called Noni Juice that I heard about <laughs> from uh, Saint Paul the Episcopal Church. You know, you you know about that Noni. <laughs> Um, I heard about. So, I remember those um, people. 
they used to drive around with the with the thing on their cars, you know, to t- selling Tahitia Noni. That's right. Call me. That's right. So yeah, I never heard of this stuff. <laughs> so so I um I'm I'm saying all this to say that guys, we're humans too. Uh, we're learning. Um, you know, we we promote skepticism. It's um it's a uh, one hour and eight minutes deep into the show. We're gonna to start to wrap it up soon, but we're we're trying to spread that information out there. That's quack quack um, everywhere. You know, financial quacks. You know, have, yeah, Bernie Madoff made off with uh, so many um, millions of dollars um, off of rich. I'm sorry, smart supposedly smart investors. So um, we had Enron shut down when that was a big house of cards. Um, you know, the 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 the, the financial. Um, um, bust that happened in, in 08, 07, 08, 09, where you have people that kind of knew that the bubble was going to burst. Um, all these things, um, skepticism helps um, hopefully alert us, if not all the way prevent us from falling into these things. Uh, and, and, and that's what we're trying to help you guys. Uh, yes, we know that religion brings comfort, but uh, we wanted to let you guys know that we, are, we humans create the gods. Um, uh, there's a new segment I want to start for the next from this show and on, and that's a uh, segment where I call it the uh, the person of the day, and uh, that's when uh, me or maybe you guys would nominate someone who you feel was instrumental or worth looking up. Um, today I'm going to nominate Christopher Hitchens as the person of the day because Christopher Hitchens was so awesome when you watch when you watch him on YouTube, listening to him speak, you cannot help but be entertained. I don't care. If you are a believer, uh, Christopher Hitchens was a great speaker, and he's my person of the day. Uh, the other thing I want to start, guys, uh, before we leave tonight, uh, and thank you both for, for coming on uh, late at night, is uh, the reference of the day. And the reference of the day is something that um, is uh, a nominated thing by me or you guys as something that you feel is a great tool um, in relating to that which we're talking about. So tonight... For me, the reference of the day is the Skeptics Annotated Bible website. So the Skeptics Annotated Bible website was one of the key resources that I stumbled upon early on in my um, deconversion process where this guy, Steve Wells, um, basically gathered all the discrepancies in the Bible, violence, uh, injustice, you name it, uh, and he um, put them to length. So you go through that website and learn about all the different things that is wrong with the Bible, and what's so good about his website, he lets Christians and Muslims or whatever uh, talk about how their solutions to the problems uh, that he raises. Uh, he's also done the same thing for the Book of Mormon and uh, the, the, the Quran, so I want you guys to check that out. Um, I know it's uh, last minute, um, um, but uh, if you guys have a person of the day or a reference of the day that you feel that needs to be shared uh, this will be the time to share. Uh, I'm caught on guard. Yeah, I got caught off guard with this question. Uh, mm. But I would say uh, try the um, what is it? The Discovery Institute. Uh, Richard Dawkins. I think it's the scientific. What is it called? I should do something. I should know because it has. What was that? Center for Inquiry. There it is. Yes. If you get a chance, go there because there's a there's a wealth of um, resources. All right. So Shaman's reference uh, of the day is the Center for.
inquiry. Um, they have branches all over the United States and probably over all over the world. I know when I used to live in South Florida, I met up with some of the people that ran the Broward Center for Inquiry. That's a great resource. Um, and yeah, I know I know this is just a new thing that I'm springing up on you guys. So if you don't have a reference um, or a person of the day, that's fine. Uh, we'll 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 go. Hold on, you said. Basically, this is like a person that's uh, in the uh, atheist community, right? Or Yeah, someone who you feel like is worth um, getting some shine on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to feature um, some, you know, Christopher Hitchens is pretty popular, even though he passed away. But I'm going to try to give some shine to people that are, like, not so popular. You know, if, you know, kind of, like, help put them on the map, so to speak. But someone that's been uh, influential you think is, is worth, you know, putting out there all right it's this one guy that i see uh, on on youtube and i've seen his videos on facebook every now and then i think his name is um he's an ex-pastor and he makes these videos and uh his i think i'm looking him up right now and i think his name is kevin wesley uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Wesley. I know who you're talking about. Uh, Kevin Wesley, yeah. So that'd be the first person that I would nominate because he he brings up some great points. And he's and who who who's better? I, who, who you know anybody is, is good, but I think he's he could be just he's just as good as everybody else because he's an ex pastor. You know, yeah. um, remember how I told you like some of the p- preachers and, and the priests in the church and stuff like that do some of the worst stuff. And they're the closest ones to know that's supposed to know the wrath of God and everything about God. So this guy is a as a pastor or ex pastor, and he used to preach to people. And he finally, you know, I guess seen the light, you know, what I'm saying, so to speak. And and he's telling people now to wake up and get out of it. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, so Kevin Wesley, I've seen his video. Um, I think that's a great nominee. Um, we're gonna wrap it up now. Um, I'm going to give you guys an extra bonus um, reference of the day. I know I gave you Skeptics Annotated Bible, um, but another excellent source, especially when it comes to Dr. Sebi, they have uh, an entry on Dr. Sebi. Uh, Look up this site called Snopes.com. S-N-O-P-E-S. I've heard of Snopes. So Snopes is a good website to go to, like if uh, for debunking stuff or for rumors, and it doesn't have to necessarily be about religion, uh, but um, just kind of run some an idea through through Snopes, and they'll have links for you. So don't just take Snopes um, word for it, if you will. But Snopes is a good. They already have stuff on on Dr. Sandy, Nipsey Hussle, um, and that whole conspiracy thing. And I was reading up uh, on Snopes.com uh, tonight in preparation for the no, for the show tonight. So, um, yeah, yeah, so we'll wrap it up now. Thanks again, guys, for joining me tonight. Uh, The next show will be announced really soon. Guys, if you are listening to me uh, in the future, some way, somehow, thank you for listening. Um, uh, Again, just look up Haitian Freethinkers. You'll find us everywhere on social media. That's Twitter, um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, of course. There's no more Google+, Plus, so we're not on there. But besides that, thank you guys for listening to us. Um, we're going to be uh, simulcasting on more uh, Facebook groups, Instagram, and everywhere else we can. So with that, have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Good night, everybody, and good Take show. Care. Thanks for having me.